Welcome everyone to Nuck If You Buck, the Milwaukee Bucks podcast that explains how your local team stacks up against the rest of the NBA. Hey Hoopheads, we appreciate you listening to this episode of Nuck If You Buck. Be sure to check out these other NBA pods on the Hoopheads podcast network, including Cavalier Central, Daily Thunder, 305 Culture, Spanning the Spurs, Motor City Hoops, X's and O's NBA Breakdown, LA Hoops, The Wizards Hoops Analyst, At the Buzzer, and Lakers Fast Break. Plus our coaching-focused podcast, Thrive with Trevor Huffman, Beyond the Ball, the CoachMaze.com podcast, Players Court, Bleachers and Boards, The Green Light, and Courtside Culture. Oh, and don't forget to check out our flagship, the Hoopheads podcast, hosted by me, Mike Cleansing, and my co-host, Jason Sunkel, featuring the best minds in the game, from grassroots to the NBA. Hey, Hoopheads, we all hate ankle sprains, and they happen way too often. Ankle injuries are the number one sports-related injury. Arise is trying to change that. With the iFast, your athletes get preventative protection and full mobility. Athletes no longer need to wear bulky braces that limit performance and give mediocre protection. Anyone playing sports should be using these products. Keep your athletes in the game. Don't wait for them to get hurt to take action. Visit www.arise.com slash team pricing to learn more. That's A-R-Y-S-E dot com. Hello, everyone, and welcome to Nuck If You Buck, hosted by me, Devin Zanskis, and brought to you by Hoopheads, as always. Today, I'm coming at you solo, but you know what we have to cover, and that's the sweep of the heat. That's right. We've had a completely unbelievable series this past week. Of course, we covered uh, the competitive game one on last week's episode, and uh, really, the rest of the week wasn't... um, wasn't especially competitive to say the least uh with respect to any heat fans out there uh the the bucks really showed up for milwaukee this year as opposed to the prior season and really showed showed that we were just ultimately the more more talented team um and of course the major addition of drew holiday continuing to pay dividends especially when we need it most but uh you know, maybe not as predictable. Drew Holiday isn't isn't really the overarching source of this major victory for the Milwaukee Bucks. It was truly, um, as cliche as it may sound, a complete uh, team effort. Um, but yeah, without further ado, I'll get into some of the game action. Uh, starting off first with uh, the game two action where the Bucks throttle the Heat. Um, Pardon me. In game two, with a franchise uh, playoff record, uh, twenty-two threes from the Milwaukee Bucks. It was a one thirty-two to ninety-eight final. Uh, you know how I am. Once it gets to a thirty ball, uh, I usually like to, I usually like to give myself uh, my own time back. But of course, it's playoff action, so I'm sticking around for all of this. But slow down on some of the game notes. So uh, hopefully, I can recall all the main points, especially. Uh, in the feisty third quarter that we got in this one, because um, I slowed down with my notes, but nevertheless, Buck starters in this were Drew Holiday, Dante DiVincenzo, Chris Middleton, Giannis Antetokounmpo, and Brooke Lopez, and the Heat uh, 
followed that with uh, Kendrick Nunn, Duncan Robinson, Jimmy Butler, Trevor Ariza, and Bam Adebayo. Um, Bucks set a tone early in this one, really bringing bringing a ton of energy and uh, jumping off to uh, an early lead right away. Um, uh, of course, I had to note that there were a few risky passes to start out with. Um, however, the Bucks e- executed brilliantly, uh, especially uh, Bryn Forbes. Uh, I maybe should have let uh, let off with this, but but this game will will probably go down as the Bryn Forbes game. Starting off in the first quarter, he's providing a huge punch off the bench. He had his own eight zero run um, that eventually was became an 11-0 run, if I'm following my notes chronologically, shooting 3-3 from the from beyond the three-point line in the first quarter, and the Bucks held an enormous first-quarter lead um, going into the second up 46-20. to uh, Bryn with 14 points and three rebounds, and uh, pardon me, Dwayne Dedman with nine points and two rebounds. Dedman would, would be a, a huge contributor for the Heat in this one, but... Of course, um, that being said, Deadman still isn't isn't the level of player that that uh, that any team should really be relying on to to make the, some of the bigger contributions for your squad. Uh, and in the second quarter, quarter, the Heat were showing a little bit of little bit of fight and adjusting by doubling Bobby Portis hard, um, you know, for, forcing the ball out of his out of his hands and making it difficult on him and. The Heat would continue to tighten up their defense in the second quarter, but but Bryn would, would hit uh, a couple more crazy threes. Um, Bryn can obviously fill it up in a number of ways, uh, either either off of catch and shoot or or off the jump. But but yeah, I mean that's that's just exactly what he was he was doing in this. At, at times he was getting wide open threes, but also he was he was coming coming off of, off of screens. Uh, really hard, just like we've seen from Duncan Robinson before, but this time it was the Bryn Forbes game, obviously. Bucks would keep draining threes. Even, I believe, Pat Connaughton uh, started out hot from three as well in game two uh, here. And something that I've really come to terms with throughout this series, series is the fact that Bryn Forbes is, is maybe not as one-dimensional as his reputation uh, would say he is he um because of course with with uh, especially throughout this series the amount of respect that he's garnered with his three point shot um he he's afforded the opportunity to to get get defenders to bite off of pump fakes and then get into the lane if even if he isn't much of a distributor he he can knock down um he can knock down the floater as well um so yeah good good to see good to see more from from Bryn. And uh, it's a testament that maybe this is this is some success that we can see in our next uh, Nets series uh, coming in a week or so, uh, and we'll get into later why we why we may need it more than than we would have bargained for uh, going into the playoffs. Uh, we'd also get back to back Duncan Robinson threes uh, at the end of the second quarter, but uh, but yeah, he he. He needed a lot more than Duncan Robinson and Dwayne Denman to to remain competitive in this one. At halftime, the Bucks held a seventy-eight to fifty-one uh, twenty-seven point lead. At half, Bryn Forbes with nineteen points, three rebounds, and Denman with thirteen points, three rebounds. Um, 
Bucks started off the second half with a couple sloppy turnovers and Giannis missing uh, a couple jump shots, uh, but then he would follow that up with with a with a couple uh, made field goals to make up for that. Um, and then getting into the third quarter, this is when Bucks did did hold that thirty point lead already. So I'll try to off the top of my head remember some of these notes, but hard hard to forget the two flagrant fouls in, in quick succession here um let's oh gosh yeah this might even be tough for me to remember but but yeah plenty plenty of fouls is getting really chippy and honestly dirty on the heat end not to not to kick them when they're down but we of course had um yeah first flagrant foul was when Giannis got on a fast break and he was taken down by Trevor Ariza uh initially it did it didn't seem like more than a hard foul to me uh this uh, ignoring the extracurriculars, obviously, but it, that was deemed the first flagrant foul um, of of the third quarter because Giannis was already in the air when Ariza essentially tackled him to the ground, and uh, the officials deemed that that was in a particular particularly a vulnerable spot to take Giannis down at, obviously. Uh, too much room for injury there. So that that got Ariza the flagrant foul. And it had nothing to do with the fact that Ariza basically did a push-up off of Giannis. Um, you could tell that that when uh, when Ariza and Giannis were on the ground together, Giannis definitely did not look happy about it. He might have had some words for Ariza, but uh, that's to be expected given, given the hard foul on Giannis. And the fact that Ariza did a push-up on him was, was extremely disrespectful um i'm gonna choose my words carefully because um to appease the heat culture uh crowd there's definitely a testament to having a bit of spunk to you maybe trying to trying to flip a game or flip a series for you but then there are also moments uh a la a couple times with goran Dragic, where he's just being a downright dirty player and yeah, definitely even less of a fan of him now than I was before um, as a player. But yeah, I guess something I've never seen before, a player doing a push up of push off push up off of another um, seeming seemingly upset with a guy when you were the one who tackled him to the ground. Um, but Giannis obviously took it like a champ cuz cuz he's He's a freaking tank, if I if I had to say it. Obviously, I didn't. Anyhow, the next flagrant flagrant foul that that ensued was um, uh, Chris Middleton getting fouled. I believe it was on a jump shot. I'm guessing it was Goran Dragic who snuck under him. Now, this wasn't even what I was referring to as a dirty play because I know how how difficult it is to to defend shooters in this day and age and you know how how really easy it is to uh, to put another player in danger when you're trying to close out close out on them as hard as one would on a shooter like Chris Middleton. Um, but yeah, of course, like the flagrant one um, that uh, Ariza got, this follows kind of the same definition of a flagrant one and just. Um, not necessarily having to do with the intent, but um, just the potential that there is for injury. 
couple other notes from this game. I hope I'm not confusing some games here, but uh, I believe later on in this action we saw we saw a bit of Nemanja Bielica and showing up for the Heat. Um, you know, I think this was actually in Game Three, but since I started saying it, I'll continue. Nemanja Nemanja Bielica. Well, he was particularly getting hot. I know it was in Game Three. However, it could have. It was one of these two games where he came down really hard on Giannis. They might have. I don't think it was coming down on him like a jump shot, but he was. Um, they might have been fighting for a loose ball or a rebound or something, and and Mani Bielitsa just had a little bit of extra extracurriculars there, kind of shoving shoving Giannis when he was already in a vulnerable position, heading down. He wasn't called for a flagrant on anything, but it was is uh, really fun to see Bobby Portis really step up um, and protect his superstar in Giannis and and ex- and extend his arm to to give some space between Bielitsa and Giannis as Bielitsa was kind of standing over him again showing some of that heat culture uh spunk that that they may that uh to make up for uh the talent disparity in this series but um so yeah i mean again i wouldn't i wouldn't classify that as particularly dirty um as Giannis wasn't at a real risk of injury, not quite to the same level as as a Trevor Ariza play. But uh, now we can get to a potential, I'd say, a definitive dirty play. Only the first of this series from Goran Dragic, I believe. Um, this is kind of maybe a similar play to Giannis and Bielita fighting for the ball, where Chris was fighting with Dragic for the possession and... Um, and I believe as, or maybe as to get get around a screen, whatever it was, Drogic had fallen to the ground, and Chris Middleton, um, and Chris Middleton was obviously, um, he he might have he might have stumbled a bit, but I think he, I think he would have uh, been able to been able to stand up had Goran Drogic not locked um, Chris's foot in between his legs as he was falling to the ground. It was. Um, it seemed pretty intentional. I think it's especially with these top tier athletes. I have to think that they're that they're probably probably a lot more uh, self aware of their bodies than anyone like you and I would be. So um, I think it would have been would have been pretty easy for Drogic to realize the position that he and Middleton were in and to not trap Chris's Chris's feet and make him fall to the ground. But of course, um, he he did, he didn't ju- adjust at all for the safety of. Of his fellow competitor, and that could have been an instance where um, I don't know Chris. Chris could have Chris could have had a lower body injury from that. So again, shout out Goran Dragic for being uh, a total uh, freaking bitter punk as he gets thirty balls for only the first time in this series. Respectfully, Heat fans. Okay, you guys showed us up showed us up last postseason, and. Obviously, we got we got a bit of revenge this year, as as um, us in Milwaukee were expecting. Um, but my intention here is not to rub salt in the wounds of any Heat fans out there, because I Bucks fans obviously know what it felt like last year. Maybe I'm being a little bit political because I'd like to catch up with my guy, um, 
with my guy JJ from 305 and and his new host that I that I look forward to hopefully uh, talking to and reflecting about this series at some point. But also, um, slander is specifically directed at Goran Dragic because at the end of the day, if you're if you're intentionally trying to hurt people out there um, in any sport, even if you're not trying to hurt my bucks, you're you're just a loser and. Bucks walk away from this 132 to 98. Uh, Giannis with 31 points, 13 rebounds, six assists, and Dwayne Dedman um, uh, led the Heat with 19 points, nine rebounds, and two assists. Uh, as as I mentioned, Bucks had that franchise record 22 uh, threes on 41.5 percent shooting. Meanwhile, the Heat uh, shot eight of 28 for 28.6 percent percent shooting. So that's uh, that alone the three-point shooting is a big indicator uh for why this why the why this game had the result that it did obviously since it will be remembered as the Bryn Forbes game all right now I'm going to jump right into game three here again uh apologies in advance if I'm confusing uh game two and game three here similar outcomes 30 balls um maybe you know, may, maybe a, a little bit more competitive um, as we as we uh, you know as we start out this one. Um, usual suspects starting for the Bucks. Um, Heat move Goran Dragic into the starting lineup as uh, as they head back to Miami. Um, they also had uh, I noticed that they had Bam Adebayo starting uh, to guard Giannis, and then they were. Uh, they had Ariza on Brooke, which is which was obviously a favorable matchup in which in which we were looking for Brooke to be uh, big in, and of course he produces. This was a huge Brooke Lopez game, I believe. Uh, Kim Pittman of Locked On Bucks even said that Brooke would be his player of the series if he had to to choose one. Hard for me to decide, honestly. I'm still kind of uh, I'm still kind of digesting this whirlwind of a of an amazing series for the Milwaukee Bucks, but uh, you, you don't have to look any further for some Brook Brook praise than this show here. Uh, Jimmy Butler was also looking for his jumper a little more in the first uh, quarter of game three, but the, the Bucks were, uh, were holding up, uh, especially, um, um, especially as, as the Heat were driving to the cup to uh, Bucks with their, their strong interior defense. And that's maybe, Maybe part of the reason why Jimmy was looking for his jumper more. After the first quarter, the Bucks led 26 to 14. Drew and Jimmy each had uh, seven points. Um, and then early in the second quarter, um, really the only, I mean, the only negative to take away from this series at all, but it's not to be glossed over at all as far as the impact on the Bucks. And that was Dante DiVincenzo limping off to the locker room. Um, after loading up for, um, hard to say. It, it looked like he was he was loading up to 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 get some air to maybe be able to to uh, to find find a teammate for a dish. But it was a total non non contact injury as as Dante hobbled over to the locker room, uh, not to be seen again for uh, this playoff series or any or the rest of the playoffs even. As uh, per Sham Sharania, Dante will miss the rest of the playoffs with a serious tendon injury in his left foot. So, huge bummer to lose Dante, especially when when Bucks already had a ton of confidence um, 
at this point in the series, and he would have been huge uh, in this upcoming series against the Nets. But, uh, you know, nothing we can do at this point than uh, deal with the cards that we've been dealt. And uh, here's to Dante having a speedy recovery. Continuing on, the Heat uh, did switch to to a zone to try to slow down the Bucks. Uh, Spo throwing out more adjustments as expected to uh, try to make up some ground in this series, but Drew Holiday was 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 really get, getting it going, um, being his own buster as he is with the with the three level scoring, being able to knock down uh, knock down a three off a catch and shoot, but also off the dribble, and then also being able to get into the lane. Uh, I noticed that the Bucks were also uh, doing a good job busting up the zone, uh, moving off ball, cutting, and then running running the floor, um, getting open looks. Uh, kind of a testament to um, to the energy that they rarely seem to lack in this series, um, and even at times uh, seeming to outwork the more desperate Miami Heat. And at halftime, the Bucks led forty nine to thirty six. Uh, not uh, still, still definitely um, place of comfort, but not the same uh, mind-blowing lead that we'd had in the past. Drew led at halftime with 12 points and five assists, um, and then uh, Don. Uh, pardon me. Uh, in place of Dante Divincenzo, Bryn Forbes started the second half, filled in nicely, um, being aggressive with his shot beyond beyond the arc as as we'd like to see. But he was also uh, this is also a point where he was showing showing me that he can do more off the bounce, getting into the lane, and uh, yeah, diverse, diversifying his attacks, which will uh, only give him more open looks beyond the arc. And um, as uh, the Bucks were maybe surprising some of us with their with their off ball movement, the Heat were getting back to their getting back to their roots, getting open um, off ball as well, which is really what killed um, what killed uh, the Bucks. Uh, often in last playoffs. Uh, however, this year, the Bucks' defense stayed strong and were able to hold hold off the heat. Um, and they were getting hot a little later in the third quarter, but Chris also was hitting some big shots to slow them down. Um, yeah, Chris definitely had a huge series in this one, like pretty much any Bucks, any Bucks player, player out there, but... Given his huge role here, especially a team that can do a much better job slowing down Giannis than anyone, uh, huge credit to Chris Middleton. Uh, going into the third quarter, Bucks finally had that um, the comfortable lead that we that we had become more hopeful for uh, of a uh, twenty six points, uh, eighty six to sixty after three quarters. Chris led the way. Um, as I was just praising him with 18 points, six rebounds, two assists. And then meanwhile, Jimmy Butler with 19 points, uh, eight rebounds and three assists showing, um, showing his fight and leadership that we're all too familiar with, but not enough help apparently. Um, going into the fourth, that huge lead that, that I just noted came from the Bucks making 11 of their 12 field, field goal attempts going into the fourth quarter, which will definitely help um, later on to... Um, Gian- Giannis would uh, start to um, seek out the basket a little more. I feel like it really takes him, as I believe I've noted on this show more, uh, particularly a lot of time to uh, to really feel out the game, I guess especially against an opponent that can defend him well. But 
But uh, we all we all know that that even if there's a big lead, Giannis is going to uh, continue to try to step on their throats. Um, but yeah, this was indeed the game. As I get down further in my notes, that Bielitsa was uh, was making it a little bit interesting and giving the Heat a little bit of hope by by draining some really <laughs> difficult deep threes that we've seen from him before um, in a previous stint with the Sacramento Kings where he spent plenty of time and then um, arrived to the heat from there at the trade deadline. And uh, <laughs> I know it's, it's kind of funny, similar to the, to the Dwayne Dedman vein. Um, many of us were, were questioning if, if, uh, if not Dedman, if um, maybe less so, but I was even wondering like, are the heat even going to start? Um, could they even start Bielitsa in a, and again, to just to just give a little more spacing out there, um, Ariza has knocked down some threes, of course, in these series, uh, especially in Game Four, which I'll get to. Ariza was pretty good on, on the offensive end, but uh, but yeah, Bielitsa can provide provide all the more uh, spacing from beyond the arc. But uh, spoiler: we did not see an Amani Bielitsa um, start in the in the elimination game to follow. Um, at this point now, I noted that, um, a beautiful sight to see, and that is, that's a little, uh, Jordan Wara, Sam Merrill, Elijah Bryant, Mamadi Diakite, and XL2 Pain action all at the same time in, in the playoffs, which we definitely didn't expect to see, but, um, even the most hopeful of Buck, fa- Buck fans, uh, I think would be lying if they, if they envision the series going, uh, quite the way that it did. Uh, a couple stats that really stood out in this victory were uh, were the Bucks uh, killing it in the rebounding battle, uh, per usual, fifty five rebounds t- and uh, overall, and then ten offensive rebounds to the Miami Heat's uh, forty two rebounds overall and seven offensive rebounds. Uh, I was talking to a friend over the weekend, just trying to uh, sum up the key points of this series and. Um, we we thought that that the Bucks were really just stealing a ton of possessions with offensive rebounds, uh, given the lack of Heat size out there. Um, even even more so than than we maybe would have predicted. But then looking at the stats, it it wouldn't really appear so. And then and then I, I suggested to him that well maybe maybe the offensive rebound um, battle doesn't look quite as demonstrative, at least particularly in Game Three, because of course. Bucks have to have some misses in, in order for them to grab an offensive rebound. Uh, that leads me to the field goal percentage uh, disparity between the two teams. Uh, Bucks had uh, over a 10% advantage in the field goal percentage category with 48.3% shooting from the field um, to the Miami Heat's only 37.6%. So that's definitely a recipe for success. Uh, which developed into the 113-84 Bucks victory. Chris Middleton, 22 points, 8 rebounds, 5 assists to Jimmy Butler's 19 points, 8 rebounds, 6 assists. And after another decisive victory in Game 3, um, StatMuse shared that Drew Holiday, uh, through three games, had a plus 88 plus minus, which is the highest Bucks plus minus since 1997 
Uh, for those out there, that's the year uh, that uh, that's the year that I was born, and I may be a spring chicken to some, but uh, to others maybe less so. I don't know where I'm going with this. Still impressive. It's plus 88. What else do you want me to say about it? Uh, and then um, at the same time, Jimmy Butler had a negative 68 plus minus through uh, three games. Of course, uh, all listeners should know that plus minus, maybe not. Um, so we're here. Well, I guess overall, it's it's really a team stat rather than an individual stat. Um, and it's... Uh, yeah, it's 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 interesting. It's a team stat, but it's it's more often used to articulate an individual success. Although the best way to really say this is that the Bucks had an, a plus eighty eight plus minus with Drew Holiday on the floor, and same could be said with uh, Jimmy Butler's uh, negative plus minus. But take with that what you will. We all know the result of this series. I don't think it changes anyone's perception of Drew Holiday as we're all clearly uh, over the moon with uh, with uh, his addition to the team. And at that, uh, I'd like to share a word from our returning sponsor in Thrive's Thrive Fantasy. Come prop up on Thrive Fantasy this season. Thrive Fantasy is a daily fantasy sports app for player props. They've eliminated eliminated the need to do countless hours of research because they only ask you about the top tier athletes in a respective sport. For example, if you're a little obsessive about one league, but a little casual in another, obviously I care probably a little too much about the NBA, but I still like to watch, uh, watch the NFL a little bit here, obviously from Wisconsin, uh, hard not to with the green Bay Packers, but, um, even though I'm a bit casual and I'm that annoying guy watching the game with my friends asking a myriad of questions, I uh, think as a casual, you should still feel confident in choosing five out of 10 player prop options to build a, build your lineup. Each prop has a fantasy point total associated with the, with the over-under based on its likelihood to occur. Um, the more points the selection's worth, the riskier it is. So you want to rack up the most points to win a share of the player prize pool. Uh, Thrive's awarded over $2.2 million in prizes since launching in 2018, including uh, having 50000 guaranteed for uh, just one uh, late regular season NFL week and thousands more since the return of the NBA. So to take advantage of this, you'll want to use promo code Giannis, that's G-I-A-N-N-I-S, when you sign up today, and you'll receive an instant deposit match up to $50 or more on your, or pardon me, You'll receive an instant deposit match up to $50 on your first deposit of $20 or more. Download Thrive Fantasy on the App Store, Play Store, or you may visit their website at www.thrivefantasy.com. Sign up and prop up today. All right. Finally, um, we can get to the elimination game. That's uh, game four in this first round sweep, um, which a late push secures the... 4-0 victory for the Milwaukee Bucks as Giannis, Chris, Brooke, and Bryn all score uh, 20 points or more in a 120-103 to 103 outing. Um, but, of course, as the broadcast said, um, elimination games are, are the most difficult uh, game for the winner of the series to win because, obviously, the level of desperation is at its, at its, at its highest. Um now, also, as I maybe glossed over a little too quick, we didn't have Dante DiVincenzo for this action either. Um, 
Also, an, an NBA team has never lost a 3-0 lead in the uh, seven-game series era of the NBA. I don't have the exact number, but it's over 100 matchups. So that maybe says a little bit about why why the Bucks maybe um, lacked a little bit of energy compared to the Miami Heat. Um, and uh, why missing Dante on this one wasn't the biggest concern but like i said we're we're really gonna miss him undoubtedly in the next series uh, against the brooklyn nets which we'll get into later but in the meantime we had uh pat Connaughton start in place of dante um as opposed to brent forbes who started the second half of the prior game um i figured it would be one of those two pat being a more uh whatever a closer facsimile to uh, Dante DiVincenzo compared to Brent Forbes. And as uh, Frank Madden of Lockdown Bucks has shared before, starting Brent Forbes is not really the most efficient use of his talents considering Brent is out there to score, even if his uh, his offensive repertoire is more diverse than, than we may have thought. Um, he's out there to score. And if he's out there to score with our starting lineup, he's... He's like our fourth option on offense at best, depending on the kind of night that Brooke Lopez is having. So I like, um, yeah, I like uh, Bud's decision here to start Pat. Um, it maybe even make more sense to start a, a PJ Tucker um, as opposed to a Bryn Forbes. And I think it'll be interesting to see the role, uh, the increased role that PJ will have without Dante DiVincenzo against the Nets, but uh, the Heat had the same start as the previous game, leaving uh, Drogic in the starting lineup in lieu of Kendrick Nunn earlier in the series. As mentioned, Pat started for Dante. Um, however, he missed a few threes early on. I believe he started 0-3, um, but of course, we'll need him to uh, keep shooting and keep the defense honest and sink some of those to to keep this the necessary spacing that Dante provided with his two-way talent. Um, definitely less predictable was the fact that Bryn Forbes also started 0 of 3 on threes, but he he especially would, would bounce back compared to Pat Connaughton. Um, Brooke Lopez was also making the, the heat pay uh, early on with his size, getting, getting those second chance opportunities that uh, we were expecting. And uh, yeah, the Bucks, even though they were struggling in the first quarter, not matching the heat's um, desperate energy, um, they still were only down by four points, 22 to 26, uh, after one as Bobby Portis hits the first three, um, for the Bucks after 10 attempts. That's right. We may remember all the way back in game one. That seems like an eon ago. Um, the Bucks started out, uh, one of 10 in that one in that terrible, what was it like 16 or 18% shooting outing. Uh, whereas in game one, the heat started out three of 10, um, but in this one, they started out four or ten from shooting. Uh, yeah, four or ten shooting from three. Oh, gosh, worth today. Sorry, my my. I, I'll admit I might have done a little bit of celebrating last night. Okay, give me a break. I'll still try to. Uh, try to. I'll still try to deliver the message to all of you listeners out there. Um, moving on, the Heat were. Uh, 
what the broadcast was saying um, led to a lot of the Heat's success early on in this one was that they were they were taking shots early in possessions as as uh, the Bucks' uh, slightly more lackadaisical effort um, led to them getting set a little later than usual, and the Heat were were jumping at those opportunities early. And uh, the Heat were also um, knocking down a lot more of their mid rangers than they were in the past. Uh, obviously, a lot of that coming from Jimmy Butler, who's who's not not quite. Yeah, I'll, he was he was just a complete non three point shooter in this contest. I thought I remembered him taking more threes during the past postseason, but maybe I'm confusing a little bit of that with uh, obviously uh, Duncan Robinson and especially last season's Tyler Hero and uh, Goran Dragic providing plenty of that. Let's not forget about the difference of having Jake Crowder in last year's postseason versus uh, the absence of him in this one. Uh, who knows if they would have gotten the same Jake Crowder, but either way, they they just let him walk. So I bet Heat fans are a little critical of that at this point. <clears throat> However, <laughs> that note uh, from the broadcast being said, um, the Bucks finally started to gradually match the Heat's energy a little bit more, I thought, um, by getting to the lane, getting into the lane finally, which led to an Eric Spolstra timeout where, where he must have really grilled the Heat, but maybe maybe not quite enough, and maybe they were... They were um, they were a little beaten up from previous games because they continued throughout throughout the game to let the Bucks get into the lane, and for a team that uh, prides prides itself and really found a ton of success by building that wall uh, against Giannis and the other Bucks, uh, really a recipe for for disaster for them. Um, later on in the second quarter, Giannis would find himself with two fouls um, in the second quarter, which is. A little more for comfort given how early it is in the game and uh, the Heat were really going at him and because obviously uh, Giannis is pretty pretty foul prone. He uh, makes his money off of being really aggressive on defense, uh, even to a detriment at times, uh, as I note plenty on this show. But of course, Jimmy Butler would draw Giannis's third foul going into the half. On, on a jump shot, and <clears throat> Brooke Lopez would also head into the half with three fouls as the Bucks were down, still in reach, clearly, with uh, a seven-point deficit, 57-64. to 64. Uh, Bryn was leading it for the Bucks with 13 points to Trevor Ariza's 11. This, of course, game where Trevor Ariza was providing a lot more on, on offense, making a few threes, and I think he even posted up Bryn Forbes at one point. That was something I didn't think I'd see in this series as a Trevor Ariza post-up. But I suppose if he's got Bryn on him, um, might as well go for it. And that's a, that's uh, also a testament to my point before in not so much wanting a guy like Bryn Forbes in our starting lineup. Because if if we if we want anything next to our stars, it's a defender to, to allow them to save their energy on offense. And then uh, in the third quarter, it was really where the Bucks secured the series. Going to Brook a lot early in the third quarter on mismatches, which, speaking of foul trouble, um, Brook got Duncan Robinson in 
and a ton of foul trouble in the second half, which really sunk them because Duncan's definitely someone who can who can take the heat out of, out of a hole if necessary with his three point shooting. Um, but yeah, obviously Duncan Robinson is no match for Brooke Lopez. As yeah, I don't know if anyone was really a match for Brooke Lopez on the Heat in this series. Um, but yeah, Duncan really had no choice but to follow Brooke Lopez, and that's what sent Duncan to the bench to uh, contribute less so than Heat fans would have wanted. Um, that being said, the Bucks t- took their first lead of this game midway through the third quarter. Because um, in addition to drawing fouls, um, they were they were finally getting getting some good stops on the Heat uh, after finally matching their energy, and um, that was exemplified most by their twenty one to four Bucks run from the nine thirty to the five minute mark in the third quarter, with uh, Chris getting into the paint a ton, and uh, also the Miami Heat failing to uh, get back on defense. Uh, Ironically, as that was the broadcast story uh, from the second quarter. However, a barrage of threes on both ends uh, late in the third would, would keep it to, would keep it competitive, including uh, Kendrick Nunn, who um, notably was removed from the starting lineup uh, midway through this series, and he he, if anyone, would have been the savior uh, in this game for for the Heat, uh, as he went on his own 8-0 run and. That's, I suppose, that was what uh, led to Giannis guarding Kendrick Nunn uh, on the perimeter, our defensive player of the year, which is, you know, maybe a good move on the surface, but we all know that perimeter defense isn't what uh, granted Giannis that defensive player of the year award. It's his outstanding help defense and his incredible size and rim protection, but but with that uh, enormous size that that he has, it doesn't it doesn't give him the agility that he needs to defend on the perimeter against someone as quick and shifty uh, as quick and shifty as Kendrick Nunn. So even though we had we had an unbelievable twenty one to four run um, in the third quarter, it was still uh, uh, only a uh, six point lead going into the fourth. Uh, Ninety one to eighty five bucks. Brent Forbes with nineteen. Uh, points now um, but early in the third, third quarter again Giannis uh, keeping his his intensity and only accelerating it going into the fourth quarter as he secured his third triple double well pardon me not his third triple double in Bucks playoff history but the third triple double in Bucks playoff history Giannis's first uh, the only other two to have a triple double in a Bucks playoff game is uh, you may have guessed it uh, Kareem Abdul-Jabbar but also uh, Paul Pressey, um, I believe, uh, a point forward in his own right, uh, naturally grabbing a triple-double, but that was all the way back in the 80s. So Giannis, of course, uh, making more history with, with, a, with a nice spin around Dwayne Dedman than he had, than he had a, a, uh, another uh, basket on the next offensive possession to add to his totals. <laughs> and then, wow. I can't believe I almost forgot about this this note, but normally I like to think I'm pretty even keeled, especially uh, sitting here, um, sitting here, kind of by myself, feeling 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 peculiar at times, talking into a mic, uh, feeling like I'm following on deaf ears, even though I know that's not the case. To shout out to my listeners out there, but I was really fired up 
um, especially going into this recording because I had to, I wanted to give a rewatch to Drogic's uh, foul on Chris Middleton late in the final game of this series where Chris Middleton was boxing out Goran Drogic's and not completely out of nowhere, um, Chris uh, extended his elbow to try to maintain position, and I guess that elbow caught Drogic to the face. However, uh, Drogic really um, made himself look like look like a look like a damn fool out there because um, you know el- elbows get caught often in a basketball game, and more times than not, unless you're Ron Artest out there, it's completely inadvertent. And that was the case for Chris facing away, boxing out on Drogic. But Drogic being fiery guy that he is, still a dirty player at that, um, hooked Chris's, Chris's arm after the elbow and, and dragged him down to the ground to add insult to injury. Drogic then got up right in, right in Chris's face and, uh, and, uh, yeah, proceeded to embarrass himself more as Chris just laughed in his face as the Bucks had all the momentum going their way, including their their lead from the third quarter. <coughs> and that's my second second example of why I've lost plenty of respect for Goran Dragic and now will always think of him as a dirty player. Um, but following that um, that incident, we had another. Uh, piece of action here with Chris Middleton in which it was kind of odd. Uh, Mike Boonhoser challenged a call, however, clearly unsuccessful as Jimmy drew a charge on Chris late as as the Heat were clawing back to try to save this game. Um, I say it's weird because it was only the third foul called on Chris Middleton and it seemed pretty clear, um, at least... um, on the surface, that it was that it was definitely uh, a charge on Chris. Jimmy had had plenty of time to set up, and Jimmy. It didn't look like Jimmy really had to slide at all in order in order to get clocked by uh, Chris on the drive. So, um, as we all know, it takes a lot for for the refs to maybe admit a mistake and take back a foul call and and. Also, it doesn't come without any consequences uh, challenging a call, especially if you think it's kind of a toss-up because then the Bucks give up a timeout when the game was still in reach for the Heat, and maybe maybe that timeout would have came in handy, but of course the Bucks would not need it, even though Bam finally started hunting uh, his shot, um, shot more and more down the stretch as times got desperate for the Miami Heat. However, to no avail, as Brooke would also hit a couple of baskets to secure this victory. Um, one, I believe, was a lob from Chris Middleton, and then and then another was a uh, was was a baseline jumper over a smaller Heat defender. We'd also uh, get this victory punctuated by a huge Giannis slam, where he looks to try to rip the rim down. Of course, not with t- today's technology, but the Bucks secure the series and game four with a 120 to 103 victory. Brooke Lopez led in scoring 25 points, eight rape, the <laughs> 25 points, eight rebounds, and two blocks on 11 of 15 shooting from the field. Um, 
Zero of zero shooting from three. That's right. Brooke Lopez um, kind of going back to his roots, and it's really paying dividends for this team, obviously, in this series with with the smaller Miami Heat front court. Um, but, but also, it might just be sort of a... Uh, a necessity of the playoffs of uh, Brooke having to go down low and get a little dirty and, uh, and make, make some difficult shots, uh, shots in the lane as opposed to, uh, spot up threes, but he's also three of three from the line. And then, uh, and then Giannis and Chris had 20 points, uh, including Giannis's third triple double in Bucks playoff history. And then, uh, Bryn Forbes would have a uh, 22, uh, filling in off the bench as he does and not to rub salt in the wound at all of our heat fans out there as we've of course uh, felt a defeat like this in the past but uh, just as a way to celebrate um, and show how impressive this this series sweep is it was the first time Eric Spolstra of course one of the best one of the best coaches in the league. Uh, first time he's ever been swept in a playoff series. Of course, part of that may have to do with the fact that he started off his his uh, his NBA coaching career uh, leading LeBron James, Dwayne Wade, and Chris Bosh. But obviously not the uh, not the not the first series that he's had without without that big three. All right, and yeah. I guess that's all, folks. That's a wrap on the series. And, you know, not to sound like I'm ending this the show quite yet. Uh, sorry for that diversion, but um, I don't really think I need to belabor any more points on the series. Um, I've already really danced, danced around um, my annoyance with Goran Dragic, but also maintaining respect for Miami Heat fans out there like like our friends at uh, the 305 uh, Culture Podcast. Um, of course, uh, J.J. Rivera hosted that, and he also has a new co-host whom, whom I look forward to speaking to. Um, I wish I could have got them uh, to join me for this show. Obviously, it would have worked out a lot better now that the series has just concluded, but uh, I can't say I could have predicted it to be this this uh this quick of a series but i'm sure we'll talk to them at some point um and again we don't we don't want to we don't want to be sore winners and kick fans while they're down because bucks fans have have had their low points of course but um at the same time we, sh- we should celebrate huge victories like this because um of course uh <laughs> I guess revenge in a uh, in a in a setting not not so serious uh, as sports can uh, can be sweet, um, but if there's revenge to be had, we we know that that there's there's been adversity in the past, and uh, yeah, this series victory has, has been a long time coming, but but we should have expected it all along. Because we all know that we had the talent advantage in this one, and we know that this wasn't the ultimate end goal. As next series, we'll be facing up against the Brooklyn Nets. 
even though as of recording, to my knowledge, they hold only a 2-1 series lead to the Celtics as as the Celtics and Jason Tatum had a really impressive um, battle on Friday to take a game away from, from the Brooklyn Nets. Jason Tatum with another 50 ball. Man, that guy's impressive. And he's helping out the Bucks, uh, tiring out the Nets. However, in the, next, the Nets also lost a big piece, an enormous piece in Jeff Green. Um, in a vacuum, not someone that you would think would be enormously important to a title favorite. However, given what the what the what the Nets need in uh, definitely not scoring, but um, but a versatile defender. That's exactly what Jeff Green is, and he'd ob- he's obviously um, the the Brooklyn Nets' best defender on Giannis. So, <laughs> in a way, maybe the Celtics aren't helping us out as they're giving. Uh, the Nets more time for Green to recover for for the next series, and we all know that that the Nets will eventually uh, will eventually make it to the semifinals to face us. That will be the real test for the Milwaukee Bucks this year. Not to say that this series wasn't a success, but we know that if we want to achieve our ultimate goal of a championship, we're gonna have to get through the Nets. We knew that all along. And then after that, of course, we have a treacherous pass cause, path because even if we do defeat the title favorites in the second round, then we have the Philadelphia 76ers who are, who are, uh, who are definitively uh, championship contenders as well. And even though we, we have matched up better against the, uh, against the 76ers, um, Joel Embiid is, a, is, of course, a top three MVP candidate this season. So yeah, it's, it's kind of, there's still a lot of business to take care of because um, in this series and of course the whole regular season, Mike Boonholzer especially has shown um, incredible perseverance and in uh, finally making himself uncomfortable, showing, showing, uh, showing that he can uh, have a bit more diverse attack himself and switching up schemes, trying new things in order to uh, in order for, for us to have this resilience to get through the Miami Heat. But, of course, we'll need it against the Nets. And, uh, yeah, people have said it before. It's been in the headlines that, that uh, Mike Bodenholzer is on, is on the hot seat, if not because... <clears throat> You know, if if you were if you were to tell anybody that that the Bucks didn't get past the second round, if you were to tell anybody that um, going into this se- going into this season, I think it would have been a pretty safe bet to anyone that Mike Budenholzer wouldn't be coaching us the following year. But of course, it'll be taken into account that we'll be facing the the uh, the title favorites next round, and maybe the maybe the best the best offensive. Um, team of all time with maybe the Golden State Warriors being the only exception. Dante DiVincenzo is also an enormous loss because um, the way I and others have envisioned, have envisioned the matchups in order to slow down that big three, I thought it would have, it would have looked like Drew Holiday guarding James Harden, Chris Middleton defending Kevin Durant, because I've already touched on the fact that, um, that Giannis just uh, 
doesn't have the agility to keep up with with the elite uh, perimeter scorers, and there's maybe no per- perimeter scorer better than Kevin Durant out there. So we'll want we'll we'll really want Giannis to be more more of that roamer, and that's why that's why it was especially important to have Dante Divincenzo out there because. I expected him to do his best to try to slow down Kyrie Irving, put emphasis on on that slowing down uh, point because I know pe- people will, will be coming coming at me with pitch pitchforks if I if I ex- if I say that I expect the Bucks to stop these guys, but but the hope is that the Bucks two way talent can score just enough and slow down the Nets just enough to make it through this series, but it'll be much tougher without Dante. We'll be seeing a lot more Pat Connaughton. I'm obviously guessing now that he will be the one to start to start games with uh, with uh, two-way uh, ability that he shows on the perimeter, but I'd definitely rather have Dante out there trying to guard, uh, trying to guard Kyrie Irving as opposed to Pat. Um, what people may not be expecting is uh, is uh, more PJ Tucker to come out of come out of a Dante DiVincenzo injury, given that Dante is clearly a guard, and we saw we knew we knew PJ Tucker as a center if if nothing else uh, before he joined the Milwaukee Bucks. But I I think it's pretty much I think it's just pretty much a fact and not and less of an opinion that PJ Tucker is a better defender on James Harden. And yeah, I he he I PJ Tucker is just a a better perimeter defender than than uh, than Chris Middleton. Obviously Chris Middleton has a little bit more length um than uh than uh, PJ Tucker and that will help him against Kevin Durant. Both are both are more than fine Kevin Durant defenders compared to the rest of the league. Um but I think I think even though PJ Tucker has has the strength to to defend centers to a degree and hold up against guys like guys with with strength like Jimmy Butler. Um, I think at the same time, uh, PJ Tucker with his defensive focus uh, can uh, gosh, where are my words? He 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 can just he can just uh, he can just move move laterally a lot better and just be be more aggressive while being smart on the perimeter against guys like James Harden. So we'll need that if we want to succeed and hopefully get past the Brooklyn Nets in the next series. Honestly, Nets being the title favorites that they are, I think, I think it will be a victory for the Bucks if we, if we just show that we're competitive and take away a game or two from, from the Nets. Um, Not to close on a negative note here at all, but, but those those are just the facts, and uh, we got to prepare ourselves for the possibilities, and not and not foolishly ride this high um, too long with the first round victory that we knew for years that we uh, that we should have had all along, given the talent disparity. But definitely still cause for celebration. The Bucks sweeping the Miami Heat uh, and getting revenge from the bubble playoffs. And with that, I'll see you in another life, brother. Thank you for tuning in to Nuck If You Buck, the Milwaukee Bucks podcast. We hope you join us again soon. See you in another life, brother.